So let's talk about community and the dangers of community and the goodness of community. We're on, the reading today is on page 863. For those who are here to Romamu for the first time, there's many different traditions of of the annual cycle of chanting Torah. Some communities read the entire parsha, the entire portion each week, and make it, we make our way through the Torah in how long? One year. Some people read the triennial of the Torah, which is a third of each portion. A third of each portion for how many years to read the whole Torah? Three. Three. <laughs> Sorry. Other people are better at math than I am. For me, that's actually challenging. Um, <laughs> and then, then, then there's Romamu. <laughs> um, so at Romamu, we read a portion of the triennial portion. So we're gonna, we would read it in three years, but we actually read half of, we read three aliyot of the triennial. So we would get through the Torah in six years. In six years. We still celebrate Simchat Torah. We still dance. And we recognize that we're on a journey that's going to take some people one year, some people three years, and some people six years. And it's, it's all very good. As long as, you're, as long as you're studying Torah, it's thank God. Baruch Hashem. So this year we're in the second triennial year of the Torah. So we're smack in the middle of Parshat Korach. Now, last week, in last week's episode of, as Rabbi Dave would say, as the Torah turns, in last week's episode, this was really, this is the juncture, and this was, you know, the darkest, one of the darkest moments in all of Torah, where we, the, we, sent, we sent scouts, we sent spies to look at the land, the land that was promised, the land that should have been, that was, you know, milk and honey, and this is our promised land, and then we have this strange command for Moshe to send spies to go look at the land. Why do we need to look at the land? It's promised. <laughs> like, we, we trust you. But we send scouts, and they, they come back, and they give us a report that is horrifying and sends us into the deepest fear and resistance and uh, and and hiding just in stuckness where instead of saying yes, like the two spies, Caleb and Joshua said, we can do it, we can do it. We listened to the 10 spies who said, okay, yeah, it's really beautiful, but there are giants there. There are people with like weaponry and skills that we can't even, we stood there, we looked at them and we felt like grasshoppers. We were so small in our eyes, and so we must have been in their eyes. And God was like, who are these people? What have they learned? Clearly nothing. You know, okay, so maybe they feel insecure and look like grasshoppers in their own eyes, but how dare they say how I made them look in the eyes of the giants, or in the eyes of the others. Maybe they look like angels. So, God says, these people, and I'm sorry about this, there's some, sometimes there's strange sound issues. I like to think it's maybe because sometimes I'm more electric. <laughs> or, or I'm something that's not good. I don't know, but it, it's making strange noises today. Um, so God says, these, they cannot, <clears throat> can you hear me if I go off mic? 
So, um, thank you, Gil. So, um, God says this, this generation, they're not ready. They're lost, and it's going to take, because they didn't have faith, because they gave into fear and they couldn't see vision past fear, <coughs> they're going to die out over the next 40 years in, in the wilderness, and the next generation will go. Wow. So this was devastation, and this, the, everyone got the news. And what did we do when we got the news? And this, it's the most human reaction we get the news that we're all going to die. And suddenly we're like, oh, no, 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 we're actually, we're ready to go. We are going to the promised land. We are going to climb that mountain. And Moses is like, and we like just start scrambling. And Moses is like, it's too late. Nobody's with you. Like, we're, we're done. This is it. And, you know, a bunch, bunch of us scramble up the hill and get attacked. And it's too late. And... So this is a week later after we got this news. Um, and what happens but a band um, of, of folks rebel. It's actually two rebellions for the price of one, but the Torah kind of synthesizes them into one big rebellion. We have the rebellion by Korach and, and his band, Korach and the Levites. And Rabbi David spoke so beautifully last night about Korach as this incredibly stuck place because his name means... Kerach, like, which is ice, and that he's this rigid creature. But what happens is Korach shows up at the beginning, and he brings 250 guys, plus his friends from the Reubenite tri tribe, Dotan Aviram, and they come up and they say, Moses, we're done with you. Moses, Rav Lechem, you are too, you're like, with this, you know, Moses, we hear about Moses, we're always like, he's the most humble, and da da da, and he says, you're not humble. You have, you're beyond, you've gone beyond your, not your britches, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you're, you're, uh, you've gone beyond your power, and you think you're, you think you're so great. But you know what? Hierarchy is so last year. We are in a time and space where we recognize that everybody is holy. So stop with your, you know, only Aaron and his line can bring offerings. Stop with this. We are all holy. Now, as Rabbi David also mentioned last night, it's very interesting to have an elite, a member of the extreme elite, which is Korah, who is a Levite, come and give this populist message when there is nothing of the people about this man. Somebody who comes and says, I understand the pain you've been put down for so many years by the Levites and by the Kohanim, by the priests who say only they can come close to God. Well, you don't need them because we're all holy. So Moses, step down. We're coming in. So the message for our ears sounds kind of great because um, we're like, yeah, everybody's holy. Um, but the message here was, we're all one, and everybody's great, and let's just drop all systems of, let's drop all bureaucracy, let's drop everything, let's drop all the Department of Justice, let's just all be one. So there's this big, this whole, this Parsha as we began, I just gave some of the background. So 
the, this Parsha is, we hear Korach and we hear Moshe pitted against each other. But then there's this character in the background that we don't hear from. And that's the Eida, the people, the community. <coughs> which is mentioned over and over and over, they're using the Eida against each other. So we hear about Korach, who shows up with his Eida, and there it's often translated as like his band of ruffians. But then there's the Eida, which is the word literally for community, for the people, the Eida, from the same word as Eid, which is witness. So... So who is this Eida? And this is a question, hi, this is a question that's asked by, <clears throat> by Nechama Leibowitz, um, who says, what is their responsibility in all of this? We know what Korach's responsibility is. We know, and we know we've condemned Korach. We know Moses' responsibility in this story. But who are the people in the midst of all of this? In the midst of this populist uprising rebellion, what is the role of the Eida? So, so the Ramban Nachmanides, he talks about the Eida as this kind of fluid collective that started out being very pro Moshe. They were supportive of Moshe and Aaron. And then when Korach assembles and s brings all of their fire pans to the entrance of the tent of meeting, and they're going to give this offering, all 250 of them. And when Korach says to them, according to Rashi, Korach says, hey, Eda, community, I'm not fighting for myself here. I've got your interests in the depths of my heart. I am fighting for you. I am of the people, the people believe him. And because of this, um, they, according to Nachmanides, they merit destruction because they believe him. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So what they've done here is in believing this interloper and in believing this charlatan, they've turned their back on Moshe. And they've turned their back on God, what they what they know to be true and what they've seen with their own eyes. So, something that I've been playing with, um, thinking about what an Eida can be. An Eida can, because from Eid, comes from a witness. And a witness can be someone who stands passively by. It can be a bystander. But the other meaning for aid is, or aid comes from edut, which means testimony. And aid can be also one who gives testimony, who testifies, who stands up. What, I don't know if you know Facing History, Facing Ourselves, which is a wonderful organization, what they call an upstander. And they do a lot of upstander training. So what's the difference between being one in an Eida? In an Eida full, in, in a community that's full of bystanders, how do you stand up 
and be a different kind of aide and be an upstander? How do you separate from the crowd? And this is what then Nachmanides asks us to do. And later commentators say that what the, the difficulty and the fear involved with separating from the rest of the community in order to upstand and go against this sort of groupthink bystander involves a separation. And when Korach is banking on all of us acting as group speak, of all of us just acting and responding with one voice and saying yes, 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 and being bystanders and just going with the flow, and he's going to keep acting on this. I'm like, I know this is a very thinly veiled <laughs> analogy. Um, but how do we, in the face of every day, getting hit with something new? And you know, we, I was at dinner last night, and for many people at dinner, the, the, in order to go on with their lives, they've had to do a fast from news. But when we do a fast from news, we become part of the Eida that is silent bystanders, which is in this Parsha, the Eida doesn't really speak. They're kind of a silent majority. So in order us to do the work of becoming an Eidah, that is a group of upstanders, we have to not only listen to what is so deeply offensive, like being you know, assaulted on a regular basis with what's going on and not becoming inured to it, and then standing up and separating from the rest of the Eidah that's willing to sit there as the bystander Eidah. So for our first Aliyah this morning, because we're reading, I just want to... I want to read a little bit from the beginning of the Aliyah, which is on page 863, verse 20. So the first thing God says to, to Moses and to Aaron is separate yourselves. <laughs> Separate from within this Eidah, from within this community. Oh, and I'm going to destroy them all <laughs> because I, I can't. The, these guys are, have committed to Korach. They are the silent majority, and I, you have to separate from them, and I will destroy them. Now then, of course, um, Aaron and Moses fall on their faces and plead, and they say, El Elohe Haruchot Lechol Basar, you are God of the of the winds of the spirit for all of flesh why when one person sins oh why when one person sins should the whole eda tiktsof why is it when one person acts villainously is the whole community destroyed punished and then we think of heschel who said it's not you know all of us are responsible. We may not be the ones who are acting villainously, but each of us, we are all responsible. And then God says, Daber el So God's like, fine, you're right. I'm not going to destroy everybody, even though, you know. Yet, for me not to destroy these people, this Eida, God says, go up from out of this people from out of this this tent of Korach or this um, kind of the Korach's camp and Dotan and Aviram. For me not to destroy them, you can't just sit there. They have to separate themselves. 
for me not to destroy, for these people not to be part of, for me not to equate them with Korach and all of the evil that's being done, they have to actually stand up and separate themselves and do something. You can't just be silent and expect not to become, to suffer the fate of all of those who are with Korach. We read on, so Moses went up to Dotan and Aviram, and then what we happens, the fate of these, of all of the, the crew of Dotan and Aviram is they get swallowed up by the earth. And um, it's, it's amazing, I mean, it's really this supernatural mythological moment of the earth opening up and swallowing everyone. So, well, I don't mean to be um, down, but... Um, <laughs> But for the first Aliyah, I want to invite up every aid in this Eidah, every, everyone in this community who wants to use their voice to testify, not to stay silent, that we become a community of ones who testify. And it's not easy. Like we say we want to do, we, want, we stand up, we have values we believe in. But to put ourselves on the line to stand up and testify and be upstanders and not bystanders. To redefine what an Eida should be. What a community can be. Not a group of silent people who get together and who are like very excited to daven together on Friday night. But a community of upstanders who separate from the silent majority and say, I'm here to testify and I will not be silenced. So I want to invite, um, let's just all stand up. Let's sit in. Yeah. For the first Aliyah.